0: Hi, welcome back to The Only Real Cure to Borderline Personality Disorder Podcast. I'm the creator and host, Shamala Del Rosario, and I'm really happy to have you here. I'm recording this directly onto my phone, so I'm apologising for the sound quality, but this is still quite new to me and I really want to go to see how this podcasting goes for me because obviously I'm revealing my own vulnerabilities and um, perspectives. So let's get this disclaimer out of the way before I move on to talk about today's topic. So just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights of borderline personality disorder that I'm sharing with you. I'm not qualified in any field of mental or emotional health. So anybody that just chooses to listen to me is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and behaviours. I strongly suggest that you do subscribe to thelastsymptom.com and the Last Symptom podcast. And before I'm accused of any form of plagiarism, let me just explain that The Last Symptom is a free resource that I have had and continue to have the privilege of learning from. And so I will frequently reference Brian Barnett's work. I mean, when you think about it, my recovery is based on his approach, so it stands to reason that I'm going to reference his work. I've had some really nice feedback, and that's really, really great. I really do hope that any of my insights can help anybody else. I'm passive-aggressive, which was why I was going to talk about passive-aggressiveness today. But I realised that that wouldn't actually be a good idea because I have been and I'm still actually acting passively aggressively to somebody. I do struggle with my behaviour style. I discovered this was my, my behaviour during the, the inner work. I mean, I didn't want to be passive aggressive. I preferred to describe myself as calm, assertive. It sounded really good, but I'm not. Um, I'm not calm assertive and this is a place of honesty about my thinking and the recovery process so no I'm not going to talk about um, passive aggressiveness not at the moment but maybe in the near future or what if any listeners wanted to contribute Um, that would be absolutely great Uh, please do get in touch but for now I think I'll stick to the thinking process, the actual mechanics. This is the same formula that I was taught that was actually normal, the correct process. And it's still what drives my behaviors. But this formula is actually incorrect. It's wrong. It's incredible, isn't it? The way that we were forced to make our own sense of the world at such young, as such young children, not only without any true guidance, but also plunging us into a world of distortion. Nothing made sense for, it, for us, did it? We believed our parents loved us, didn't we? Of course they did. They were our parents. But their attitudes didn't reflect the true nature of love, did it? Have you ever seen those emojis that schools use to teach children about emotions nowadays? The ones that list happy sad angry worried shy excited surprised silly embarrassed faces next to the emoji that actually represents those expressions i mean our reality didn't reflect that did it i'm only talking about feelings now because i'm only just beginning to understand them and i'm 53 My own misperceptions about the true nature of feelings, self and life have caused me to go through my life judging many things incorrectly, especially feelings themselves. I'd believe that feelings were my problem, my biggest problem. If only I could stop them or at the very least control them. To me, my feelings caused every problem to me and others. I hated my feelings. If I was upset, I blamed myself for making others upset. But I seemed to feel so much more deeply than other people. I used to wish I could just turn them off. You know, like turning off um, a household appliance at the socket. I'm not saying I wanted to die as such. Just be turned off. Just the feelings part. Then I'd be able to fit into the world. Even as an imposter. Like an alien in a, in a human skin. Just not draw, drawing attention to myself or, or hurting anybody else. Brian taught me that feelings weren't the problem. He taught me what feelings actually are. For my entire life, I'd been confusing thoughts with feelings. And then I was judging my feelings as good or bad, right or wrong. This was quite difficult to get past. I'd felt bad. For my entire life. But the truth really is that feelings are just feelings. Neither good or bad, right or wrong. In the same way as grass is green. Nothing or bad, nothing good or bad, right or wrong about it. It just is green. So when you actually look at feelings, they're a natural result of our thoughts. They're closely related, but they're not the same. Try thinking about smell and taste. They're also closely related, but they're not the same thing either, are they? So, can you imagine being entirely satisfied with just, I don't know, smelling honey? Or tasting your favourite curry without actually smelling it? They work together, but they're not the same thing. That's kind of how feelings and thoughts are. Working wonderfully well together, they really do. But feelings themselves are not something that you actually do. They're something that you experience. Thinking is something we do. Thinking is an action. The feelings are working perfectly well. They're just a direct response to our thinking. So the feelings do not need fixing. It's our thinking that needs fixing. I've been thinking about my thinking, my perspectives, thinking about kaleidoscopes. You know those kids' toys, like that tube with mirrors and pieces of different coloured glass inside. Um, it's got the reflections um, when you, as you change it to the perceptions. I mean, the colour and the pattern changes as you turn it around. It's a different uh, perspective. So we can, actually, can we actually change our feelings? If we change our perspectives, if you change your thinking, and if the feeling is improved due to the thinking, is that a natural result of the better thinking? Yeah, it is. It actually it sounds really simple, and it but it makes perfect sense. But why couldn't I or wouldn't I change my perspectives? It always went back to that subconscious, distorted core belief. You know, that core belief that has been the massive negative player throughout my whole life. But it's been wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Imagine this. You're waiting for your friend at a public meeting point, I don't know, outside of a coffee shop. You've been planning a catch-up for ages, but you never seem to have the time. But anyway, you're really looking forward to it. Now, while you're waiting, you catch sight of your friend in the crowd in the near distance, not too far away. As your friend's kind of approaching you, she's smiling and waving. But suddenly, you see your friend violently attacked and pushed to the ground. How do you feel about the attacker at that moment? Because you're mentally making a judgment. You're considering all of the information that you have at that moment. Are you furious with that attacker? So think about it. Your feelings aren't malfunctioning. Your feelings are functioning correctly. But now, let's go back to the friend who's just been so violently attacked and pushed to the ground. A moment later... An out of control mounts the pa- an out of control car mounts the pavement and crashes into the exact spot that your friend was just standing, due to the driver I don't know having a had a heart attack. Now you've got an additional information about the so-called attacker. He wasn't an attacker. It was somebody that was saving your friend from being hit by the car. So, how do you actually feel about that attacker now? Has your perspective changed? That is how thinking and feeling works together. You don't have feelings without thinking and shameful thoughts are potentially always lurking. Now, in retrospect, my personal relationship with shame was very special to me. I was extremely loyal to shame. I gave it my undivided attention. I never really questioned its validity. It was just always there. But that cruel, spiteful inner critic that was continuously playing like a broken record, that critic was my thinking. No wonder I felt bad about myself and I thought constantly more than more than regular people because it was constantly constantly thinking no wonder i thought that i felt deeper but i also actually realized that i hadn't allowed myself to feel i'd always tried to suppress feelings because i always felt bad even the occasional occasional times that i'd catch myself enjoying maybe you know, a nice moment, but that shameful critic would quickly tell me I didn't deserve nice moments. So nice feelings became bad as well. Shame became my haven, very safe, the familiar place, the only constant thing. As I've said, emotionally, I'm extremely immature, very inexperienced. So feelings of sadness, disappointment, embarrassment, anger, worry. those were all grouped as bad feelings. never allowing myself to actually just feel them. I was too busy fighting it, panicking, panicking, just being being afraid, trying to trying not only to control my feelings, but I, I don't know also to control other factors. That's where the fear would take over. I'd distort reality to fit what I was comfortable with. You know, if that feeling was unpleasant, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. It was was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Yet the last thing that I did was look at my thinking. I just avoided my thinking. I must have been so comfortable in that usual thinking formula. Of distorting the reality of a situation or thing or person until it fit with how I could accept it but this is actual the denial of reality itself I'm trying now to accept things as they really are learning to actually understand that life situations and people can't can't be controlled to fit in my made-up world of denial I mean, the thing is that people will do what people do. I've only got the rights, responsibilities and authorities for my own thoughts, feelings and actions. So if I, as an adult, if I am to live in the real world, I've got to accept it and apply it. Reality. I mean, another thing to remember, though, is that even when we don't want something to be to be true, If it is true, whatever it is, then that is the reality. We may feel sad about the situation, but that's just a natural resulting feeling. The experience, but as for everybody, life keeps moving on, doesn't it? It doesn't stop. So I'm sure I'll be dealing with real life feelings um, regularly. It's a bit, it is scary. But well, it has to be done. I, mean, I really really like to get to the point where I could describe the feeling to myself. Well, that's my discussion for today. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to close with a poem. Because I had a listener um, r- wonder why I didn't close with one last time. So I'm going to read Don't Quit. I can't remember the name of the, the author, but it's well known. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low, but the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure comes about, when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when you're hardest hit. It's when things seem worst that you must not quit. Well, that's it for me. And as always, I'd really appreciate any comments or feedback. And so please do get in touch and I will speak to you soon. Bye. -bye.